Hey guys, welcome to Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things, a podcast about how to get through life and find God in every season while walking in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm so glad you're here. What do you do when things are really hard? When you get an unexpected bump in the road that takes a day that was fine and maybe even good and turns it upside down. And it's not just one thing, but it's one thing and then another thing and then another thing. What do you do? Where do you go? How do you get through it? When on one moment you're walking along and things are seeming fine, normal, good, great even maybe. And then all of a sudden there's an accident or there's a sickness or somebody falls or there's just, I don't know, something that comes out of the blue that's terrible. What do you do? For me, I think that it's going back to what I know about God. Because in the same moment that my heart is torn up and feeling like every last nerve has been touched and my skin has been filleted off and I'm just on edge in an extreme fashion and my heart is hurting and I have a flood of emotions I can choose to go back and think about the goodness of God. I can think about how he's come through for me and I can think about what I know about God. Because if I focus on what I know about God, then I am able to continue to hang on. And sometimes in life, I think when we face things that are difficult and hard, we expect ourselves to do something and to produce something or to be able to manage or muster or fix or come up with whatever. And we're not supposed to do that. We don't have that expectation on us in all reality. We put it there. We believe that we have to perform a certain way, but really we don't. All that we have to do in moments that are trying and times that are hard is to be dependent on God, to trust in his goodness, to trust in what you know about him and rely on him to take you to the next minute. I remember when we first got home from the hospital after having the twins and it was after we lost our son. And I remember that the nighttime was the worst time for me. It was painful, like excruciatingly painful, you know, any time of the day, but there was something specifically horrible about nighttime. And I remember being in a state of crisis 
every night when everything would be quiet and life would, you know, wind down the baby's in bed and, you know, hubby's up sleeping. He's tired. The kids are, the other kids are up sleeping. And then there I would be down in my craft room, sitting at my desk and my mind would be racing and I would be desperately trying to put a plug in my broken heart and quiet the mad flow of thoughts that would be pouring out. And they weren't bad thoughts. They were painful thoughts. And no matter what I did, I couldn't seem to do anything about anything. And that period of my life just took me into a very deep valley where I struggled with a lot of different things. Because, you know, when you lose a child, and this is only one instance, there are a lot of other situations. I always feel the need to say that for you guys, because I remember, you know, being in church or being in a a seminar or being at a retreat and hearing the pastor speak. And there were times when he made a point And it might have been a good point, a valid point, whatever. But it was said in a way that felt like there was some condemnation or, you know, his way was the only way. And so I like to take the time to try and make sure that I address different aspects of different problems when I'm speaking so that if I don't leave somebody out that maybe might have heard the first thing I said and felt like that was said in a way that was, you know, not helpful to them. So that's why I I kind of add on a lot of different scenarios or options or whatever is out of just a desire that anyone that listens to this podcast know that if you are in a situation where you're feeling down or afraid or nervous that that this is a place for you and that this isn't just one story. And if you know, you can't identify with that, then you don't belong here because that's not true. Suffering is suffering and we're all going to suffer to our maximum capacity in this life. And just as we are individual people Um, with our identities and our makeup, we are also different people in how we suffer and how intensely we feel suffering. But we can be guaranteed that we will all suffer to the maximum ability that we can. And that suffering isn't uh, a competition of who's been hurt worse. Suffering is just hard and it stinks. And it's something that we can rally around each other and lift each other up. And part of the beauty of being with somebody that's gone through suffering and come out on the other side is that you can see what's possible for you and you can see that you don't have to lose your faith and you can see that you can be weak because there are others that will help carry you along. And then when you are strong again, you can do that for somebody else. So anyway, back to my story. The situation with the nighttime and the loss of my, my son, 
it just, it was, it took me into a very deep valley, which of course it did. That's what death does. That's what loss does. That's what, because for me, it was so much more than the loss of just his life. It was the loss of a part of a dream, a dream that I wanted so badly. But on top of that, it was the loss of something that I felt God had promised me. So there were so many different aspects of this grieving and this um, pain that would kind of crash together and develop this perfect storm. And it wasn't easy at first. At first, I really struggled with being angry. I really struggled with being hurt. I really struggled with just being so depressed. But over time, it got better. And I never stopped, even in the worst times. I mean, I would, throughout the day, I would have one thought in my mind, one truth. And I would hold on to that truth for dear life all day long. Through, I would be cooking dinner and I would be uh, trying to breastfeed the newborn and I would be crying while I was doing all of it. And I would be saying, um, if he was supposed to be here, then he would be here. Bless the name of the Lord. You know, and I would say that all day long. And then the next day, it would be something else that I would hold on to. And I brought my anger to the Lord. Part of the problem is with us is we either deny that we're angry and we become defensive and we, and then that anger turns into resentment. And then eventually we walk away from God in some capacity or we pretend that, you know, we are, have a right to be angry and there's no intention of any softness, you know, and we are very belligerent about our anger. So we either hide it or we show it really big. But in both of those cases, it doesn't do anything that betters your situation. And you might ask, well, what would, you know, why would God do this? And why, what could, you know, why shouldn't I be mad? And all I can say is, okay, so let's say that you didn't believe in God. Does that somehow make this situation not happen? I mean, we have these situations in life that are so terrible and they're so painful, but is it like, does it make sense? Because here's the thing. If we're going to make statements like this, we need to make them in logical, rational truth, because that will help us to be able to come to the end of ourselves and get past the anger that we feel and be able to admit that we're in the wrong and then come back to God. Because if you look at it in all reality, it doesn't matter if you believe in God or don't believe in God in the fact that this situation is still, it still happened. So blaming God doesn't get you anywhere. That takes something that was allowed and could be used for your good somewhere, somehow down the road and turns it into something that's just a terrible, terrible ending. Because being mad at God doesn't mean that 
if you hadn't believed in God, it wouldn't have happened. Or, you know, that it, it just doesn't mean that. And so we have to bring our anger to God with a heart that is wanting to trust again, but that is upset. And why I think that's important is because we are told all throughout scripture that God wants an intimate relationship with us. And it's in that intimate relationship that we can begin to make progress with these insurmountable problems, which 90% of the time are our emotions and our thoughts. So when we bring those to God in all of their realness, in all of their large and in chargeness, and we wrestle them out with God, I personally do not believe that wrestling with God is a bad thing. I think that it is a beautiful, beautiful dance that we do. We wrestle with the king of the universe, and as we wrestle, he is bending and breaking and tearing and removing the parts of us that need to be removed. But it is out of intimacy that true knowledge is born. And it is out of true knowledge that then true trust can be born. And how do we get to any of these places? We certainly don't get to them by having everything work out. We have to face it that we don't deserve better. Anything we get, no matter how horrible it is, is better than what we deserve. I just want people to see that following God is the best thing they can do. That it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what happens because he's so good. And I'm somebody that if anybody had a reason to have turned away, it would be me. And yet I haven't. And so that has to count for something. My message to you has to count for something because I'm telling you that God is good. God is good even though I was misdiagnosed in early childhood and spent my entire life all the way up until 30, age 30, being diagnosed with something that I didn't have to become barren because of that misdiagnosis, to then be suffer from emotional and physical abuse in a marriage that didn't work out, to then losing three precious babies. If, if anybody has a reason, I have a reason. And I didn't do it by the grace of God, by the great grace of God, not because I'm good, I'm most certainly not. But if I can stand here and tell you, God is good. He has a plan and a purpose. And we hear that so many times that it's starting to lose its, you know, its fire. But don't let it lose its fire. That means that the king of the universe created you. He wrought you together in the depths of darkness inside of your mother's womb. He placed you. He knew the hairs on your head and your numbers, the numbers of your days were written. He had an assignment for you. He has a plan and a purpose that is good. And maybe you say, well, how can it be good if all this is happening? 
Well, maybe it's not good right now, but isn't it sure good to have God Almighty by your side all the time, never turning you away, never rejecting you? Show me a person that doesn't let us down. God is faithful. God took me and my family and my marriage through that time of absolute travesty. And he brought us out on the other side. And I learned so much about God. In those valley months, what I learned put iron in my soul. And I'm not so easily shaken anymore. And I know my God on such a deep level that when I call out to him, I know he's going to answer because we remember that according to your faith, be it unto you. So if you don't know that about God, then that's why you're not experiencing it. Not because God isn't that way. God loves you. And no matter what valley you face, no matter what street you're walking on and everything's sunny and fine and then all of a sudden the ground gives way and swallows you whole he's still good and he's still working and he works with such intentionality and such attention to detail and such love and tenderness for you while he's fighting for you. Have you thought of God in that way? Have you thought of God as not only somebody that can bless you and forgive you and has a plan for you, but he is behind the scenes of all the things that you don't know. You don't know what you've been spared from. You don't know what you've been saved from. Your God is fighting for you, fighting the literal physical forces of darkness against you. He is protecting you. And if he is that good and that loving, which he is, then no matter what comes your way, you are safe in the hands of Jesus. And God does not deserve our anger. He deserves that iron in our souls that says, this hurts. I don't like it. I don't want it. But Lord, I love you and I trust you and I'm asking you to come through for me. And then just a patient waiting and expectancy because the Lord will move. There will not be a time if you have the right heart, a heart that loves God, and you're doing your best to seek him, that he is not going to come through for you. That's just not how he works. If you have a right heart and you are sinking, he is going to come after you. He is going to come through for you. He is going to come out for you. He is going to go down for you. Whatever it is you need, God is going to provide it because that is what his heart does. His heart is love, but it is perfection. It is perfect love. It is love that we cannot understand. The trials that are allowed are things that are above our pay grade. We don't know. We can't figure it out. And we waste time and energy thinking that we deserve to know when we don't. 
We need to wait expectantly on the Lord. What does that mean, to wait expectantly? It means to wait in faith that you believe that the God you asked for for salvation is the God that is going to come through for you because that's what he does. If we as Christians have no hope when we face trials, then why are we not, why are we just, why are we doing this? It is the fact that God has given us hope and it's hope untouchable and it's hope unsearchable and it's hope unfathomable. The hope that Jesus Christ gives us is the stuff miracles are made of because it in itself to have faith like that is a miracle for a simple man or woman to possess. Guys, God is worth following. He is worth it no matter what you've lost. He is worth it no matter what's been taken. He is worth it no matter what abuse, what trauma, what death, what despondency, what deprivation you have faced. God is worth it. And he feels that you are worth it. He wants a tender and intimate relationship with you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to make things new for you and provide you with healing and blessing and restoration because those are all of the things that our God does. So I would encourage you to give yourself some grace and take your body, your physical body, and throw it down before the Lord. And ask him to give you a soft heart. Tell him you want to be able to trust. You want to be able to talk to him. But you don't know how. Ask him to help you. And then watch and see. He's going to be there for you. Friends, you guys are so important. You matter so much. And I can't help but think that if you show up to this podcast, you show up knowing you're probably going to get it, you know, somewhat of a butt kicking. (laughs) But you're here for a reason. And it's probably very likely that it's your need to be here. And it's a good thing that you're here because you matter and you matter to me. And you matter to God. And God just has worked in my life in such a very real way that I can share it with you. And I want you to know that you have all reason to hope. Refuse to give up your hope. Because your hope is founded on something that is unchangeable, unstoppable, immovable and unbreakable and all powerful. The hope you have is nothing that any forces of darkness can take. So keep having hope. Keep pressing on. You can do this because he will do it. Thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like to support the podcast, head over to the website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com 
and drop me a message after you subscribe to the newsletter. I would really appreciate a comment uh, about this podcast or any of the other podcasts. I read them personally and they are a great encouragement to me. Let me know what types of episodes you'd like to have. And remember, the blog drops on Mondays, the art Instagram post on Wednesdays, and a new episode of the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast every Friday. If you like this podcast, if you find value in it, would you please drop a comment and please share it with one or two of your friends? I would really appreciate you all helping me get this podcast further out into the world so that we can help more people come to know Jesus Christ in a real and intimate way. I love you guys, and I can't wait to be back with you next Friday. Drop me a prayer request off at the website on the contact me page. Take care.